Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going, man? I'm doing good, Shay. Loving the new legend. Really excited to break it all down. Dude, it's my favorite episode of the season. Every season. Mastering the new legend. It's just so much fun. We We get to dive into somebody new, which is just so cool. And I mean, I think we tend to be optimistic during these episodes uh, generally. And this is another one where I think we're going to be pretty positive overall because this is a really cool legend that was added to the game. And in case you didn't know, after what we just said, today we're going to be mastering Newcastle, the latest edition of Mastering the Legends. Before we do it, though, make sure if you want a question answered on the podcast, ask it in our Discord channel for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star view on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Kirk Rudochet and at HB Burrison. Links for both those are in the description. Right now, we just have an elite group of supporters on Patreon. They have their own Discord channel that we're very active in. This month alone, we've added 18 new patrons. So it's just a great community. Everybody has the opportunity to join our tournaments. But what's really incredible about it is just the access and our ability to interact with the patrons. Today's episode is Mastering the Legend. We want to remaster another legend this season, and we don't know exactly who. The people that will help us decide are the patrons. So if mm-hmm. you want to have a say in what content we create, that's the best way to have your voice be heard. Yep, definitely. Well said. And uh, if content changes ever happen as well, they first get run by the patrons. So they already know some of the crazy ideas we're talking about doing in the near future. Uh, yeah. there's, some, there's some nice insider knowledge over there for sure. But let's stop tuning our own horn and talk about Newcastle instead. Give me a little bit of information about Newcastle for the folks that you know don't really know about them. And I guess first impressions as well is what I'd love to hear. Yeah, first impressions um, exceeded my expectations for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of hesitation about how this kit would really work. Um, exactly what the cooldowns and the Mm -hmm. health of his various uh, abilities would be. Honestly, better than I anticipated. Very powerful kit. Yeah, I think it's been really cool to see somebody come in. And, you know, we always tend to say, like, the new legends, they come in powerful. That's kind of the formula now. You bring somebody in powerful, and then you nerf them. You just have to. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm curious to see if that's what happens here. But part of me, maybe overly optimistic, thinks like, I think this is a pretty solid spot that he's in. I'd be kind of disappointed if he got hit with anything uh, that was at least significant uh, at this point. Um, but he's definitely come into a really cool spot. But he's come into a really tough niche is kind of yeah. the hard thing as well. So his popularity just overall might not be where we would hope it could be for a new legend. But that doesn't change the quality of legend that he is if you play into his play style. Absolutely. And if we look at the immediate history, Mad Maggie, they missed the mark. You know, she's not going to be able to get into the top 10 legends anytime soon, no matter what they do. Totally. Um, Ash, on the other hand, is I think a lot more interesting to look at because she came in powerful and received no nerfs. So mm-hmm. it's very possible that if you think, oh, Newcastle is very, very strong, they're going to nerf him. Not necessarily. I think mm-hmm. the, the popularity of Newcastle will fade into the middle to low ranges throughout this season. Mm-hmm. And there may not be a need to do a heavy-handed nerf. And 
I still have PTSD over what happened to Seer. And I think that if there was a little bit more restraint, Seer would be in the middle of the pack and not a bottom legend. So I think that Newcastle is probably in a pretty fair place from a balance Mm -hmm. perspective. He's just going to be so interesting. I mean, because you look at who do you compare him to? You know, Kostic's got a 2.3% pick rate. Gibraltar is a 3% pick rate. And Lifeline is a 3.8% pick rate. So if he falls in there, that makes sense. Is it deemed a success? I think that I'm, I'm not sure what we should deem a success at that point. If he falls yeah. into that 4% range, like just above Lifeline essentially at that point, then yeah, you're right in the middle of the pack essentially at that point. Pretty successful legend. Lots yeah. of variables, obviously. Legend unlockability. What map do people think they're useful on? So many variables, but I think it's kind of interesting to just think about like the defensive legends. There's not one that's in the top tier. So there's not like a, hey, this is the mark you have to hit. And if you don't come close, you're going to be at the bottom bottom. Everyone's at the middle to low tiers. And so where do you slide in? I think that the metrics of success for a defensive support legend like Newcastle should be around that middle range of that Mm -hmm. 3% maybe 3, 3.2, 3.4. Yeah. Um, but to peg Newcastle to Lifeline is pretty interesting right now, obviously, beginning of the season. Totally. But Lifeline is at her lowest pick rate ever. You mm-hmm. know, like in the last year and a half, she hasn't been this low. She's normally up at that 6 to 9% pick rate. She's very, very popular. So I'm mostly curious about how she's affected by Newcastle. And yeah. don't worry, we're going to get into that. We are going to get into that. But before we kind of dive into abilities and stuff, tips and tricks, all that, all those goodies, talk to me about the lore because we got a little bit more lore, and that was a big question we had for this character going into the season. It was a massive question because, as many many people know, it's been teased for at least a year now that Bangalore's brother Anita, her brother Jackson, is Newcastle. Mm-hmm. How did they separate? How are they now reunited in the games? What's that dynamic going to look like? Is Newcastle brainwashed? What's mm-hmm. going on? Why? Like It is Bangalore's mission to reunite with her brother, and we've seen her go through a lot of emotional trauma in dealing with the loss of her really close brother. So what's going on? How, how can we justify this? Well, we got a little bit of answers on why did Newcastle abandon Bangalore. According to lore, Jackson went AWOL, and that's an acronym in the military for (laughs) absent without official leave. He went AWOL because he realized he was on the wrong side of the war as an IMC soldier. In doing so, he also abandoned his sister, Anita Williams, or Bangalore. He then started a new life and family entirely moving on while being entirely aware of where his sister has been and that she's been searching for him for the last 13 years. Jesus. Pretty messed up, if you ask me. Like, pretty, pretty sad. Mm -hmm. For how close they were as well. That's what you got to realize with this story. They're brother and sister, but it's not like a, you know, familial obligation relationship. These people did everything together. They were bonded. And the explanation as to why he felt he couldn't reach out to Bangalore is that he felt like the remnants of the IMC were going to come after him because he was a criminal and he 
you know, left the military without mm-hmm. permission. That explanation, 13 years later, after the war is over, after the IMC is no more, honestly doesn't hold water with me still. But that's what we're giving. Um, but then, based off the trailer, he, Jackson, took up the Newcastle armor, which was not his, that was another mm-hmm. person, in order to defend his neighborhood from a gang of thugs by paying his potential prize earnings in order to pay off a debt accrued by the original Newcastle, who wasn't all that impressive. There's going to be a lot more in this season's mm-hmm. quest. It's going to be all about Jackson and Anita's relationship through the eyes of other legends. You know, the overall broad strokes are that Jackson and Newcastle now, he was a former IMC soldier who is ashamed of his participation in the Frontier War. So much so that he abandoned his family to try to escape the guilt. Yeah. Very significant emotional impact of being a veteran in the frontier war. I think we're gonna we're gonna explore PTSD, I imagine, uh, with this character at some point, which will be really interesting uh, because you know really how Apex has addressed a lot of uh, the soldiers in its space is that they're doing pretty well mentally, at least. And we know in society, that's not always the norm. And so I think if they explore that with Jackson, that would be an interesting way to kind of not going to say justify like why he was absent, but more of just like give more background to kind of what was going through his head. But at the same time, I'm excited for this to, you know, if we do get some explanation on, you know, why was he scared of the IMC? Why is he still scared of the IMC? That opens the door to really explain a lot of things in the Apex universe in terms of the Syndicate, Silva. Like it could all relate to the stuff in the IMC's uh, relevance, at least still in the story. So I'm excited, I think, for what his story could become. But there is some odd stuff as well that I'd love a little bit more of an explanation on. <laughs> for sure. Let's dive into the abilities, though. We'll go one by one, and as we normally do on Mastering Legends, we're going to go deep, give all the information we have, some tips for each legend as well, and just kind of talk about where we think they fit into the overall kit. We're going to start with the passive, uh, Retrieve the Wounded. So, Retrieve the Wounded, you drag your downed allies as you revive and protect them with your revive shield, uh, aka your knockdown shield. Interesting note, the health of your knockdown shield is actually lowered and decreased from the base value. So level 1, 200 is kind of the knockdown shield value. Newcastle, you're going to have a 150 shield. Level 2, 450, down to 250. Level 3 or 4, 750, down to 500. Interesting little balancing note there that I thought was, I I didn't realize until we kind of dove into this. Um, Do you have any impressions of why you think they maybe needed to do this uh, at all? (laughs) I don't know. Because I, I, like, I don't think on, 750 was like, oh, that's broken. That's never going to like be affected. Like, <laughs> it's very odd just because the passive is only used in a really brief situation. So yeah. I personally am against the idea of making a loot, an RNG item, mm-hmm. influence the power of a legend ability. Even yeah. for something like this, I don't like it. I really don't. I would rather just give it hit points of 300, 200, whatever. Yeah, so call it, good. it can be relied upon. You know, I, I don't really like it other ways. We haven't seen it, you know, in a different legend. So I'm not a huge fan of it. And this <laughs> is definitely a weird thing. So it's double weird for me. It's very weird. And 
the thing you got to notice with it is this is a legend that needs a good knockdown shield. And so now when you're looting, and that's something I do kind of like. I still am with you though and that it's weird and I'm not sure it's the best legend choice, but I do think it's a cool... I enjoy seeing value added to gear in the game. And so yeah, if you're playing with a Newcastle or you are a Newcastle, make sure you have the purple knock on your team. Make sure you have the gold knockdown shield on your team. Just generally speaking, we've never said that that was a priority for anyone outside of maybe Mirage. But like, you, you gotta actually look at that. Um, generally speaking, though, tips on this ability. Uh, reviving is very loud with it. You're gonna make a ton of sound, and so if you're trying to pull off like a sneaky revive, like as you escape rarely, I've seen people say you should drop your knockdown shield so you can do like a regular revive without it. I haven't ever done that, but I do think it's a kind of an interesting thing to note essentially uh, with this kit. It's just that you're going to be making a ton of sound. You're going to be easy to spot because uh, you're very visual as well with your huge, huge colored shield. Um, but in that same vein and the strength of the knockdown shield as we were talking about, be careful with using it when you're in heavy fire and just a busy area. If you have a weak knockdown shield, you have to be cognizant of that. If you have a level one knockdown shield, and you try to stick a revive where there's potentially two to three people just looking to shoot at you, you're going to potentially go from trying to save one person to down two, and then your fight's over at that point, which is not a situation you ever want to get into. Um, so yeah, definitely don't just pop this thing in the middle of the open expecting it to keep you safe. If you got a weak knockdown shield, using it with the dragging and combo of cover is one of the best ways to maximize this ability. Uh, there's a kind of a slow recharge on healing your knockdown shield back up. You can drop your knockdown shield and pick it back up to actually speed up that, sp that recharge process. This is going to get patched at some point, so don't take this with like a, hey, I can rely on this for a long time. This is just a little bug right now. There's a few Newcastle bugs that uh, we might mention today. Uh, but yeah, make sure if you got gold bag, you can get aggressive as heck with this tool, uh, unlike any other. I mean, even compared to like a lifeline where if you pop a res, you're going to be slowed and your teammate's going to be vulnerable. We've always said, hey, lifeline's that number one gold bag legend because you can do it autonomously. The fact that with you know Newcastle, you can stick a gold bag res pretty dang confidently if you have a strong knockdown shield ever and get someone back up in the fight. It's pretty nice, and I think he's the number one gold bag legend right now. Where do you file, uh, land on that note, though? Yeah, I mean, head-to-head, -head, Lifeline or Newcastle as the best combat medic. Um, I think that in a battle royale environment, close quarters, you're going to want to go Newcastle because mm -hmm. his ability to move that legend is something that we undervalued. That yeah. is everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about uh, just the speed situation. Teammate gets knocked. Lifeline can't just go and res them in the open. That mm -hmm. person then needs to crawl behind a box or a rock or into mm -hmm. grass. Then the lifeline can deploy the revive and cover it while shooting. That's awesome. Newcastle comes right to it, drags him to safety, yep. and is doing the res in. While of that happens. Yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's faster, it's more safe. Um, Definitely, it's going to be your gold bag. And so mm -hmm. in that makes Newcastle a very demanding legend when it comes to loot. You know, we're mm -hmm. in the armories. If you complete all eight rounds, you get a gold helmet, gold bag, and a gold knockdown. Newcastle is getting two of those. Okay? Yep. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. There's no debating it. That gold bag's yep. going to him. 
the gold knockdowns going to him. You know, you could throw him the gold helmet if you're being nice, but <laughs> there's three people in there. So I I really think it's going to be tough for Lifeline. I have some more thoughts on Lifeline for arenas. Yeah, we'll talk about it for sure. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I think it's the case is closed. Yeah, and, and that's crazy to say that, you know, she is the quote-unquote combat medic in terms of description of the legend, and, you know, he just kind of does it better at this point in time. Unlike Lifeline, where if she pops a res, it can get shot down and killed immediately, this guy is going to force movement out of the opposing team, which can just create someone to be so vulnerable for your other teammate that's up at the same time. But like I said at the beginning of this, you're not just sticking these in the open. You kind of mentioned it. Indoors is a great kind of area to use this. I mean, you can have your third teammate as well play your knockdown shield that's like Mm -hmm. up, essentially. As like a knockdown shield cover thing, which we know can be so effective with like ranked and competitive play. Um, so make sure you're maximizing that if you're the other teammate of Newcastle that's alive. Interesting little tip there. Uh, but yeah, the biggest part of this, and we'll get back to when we go into other abilities, is use it with other abilities to get the most out of it. And I won't say too much yet, and we'll go into that later. But the other, you know, just note on passives, generally speaking. Newcastle is fortified, so incoming damage is reduced by 15%, uh, except for the head. And you're not slowed by bullets. Anything you want to say about Fortified? Does it make a difference? Should I be absolutely sprinting into battle as Newcastle? Because I take that 15% less and I'm invincible? Not really. I mean, we look at this. There hasn't been a whole lot of communication from the developers as to if thoughts on Fortified have changed. But what has been accurate for the last two years that Fortified has been in the game is that it helps reduce the penalty of being such a large, easy-to-hit legend. Um, So I think that if you're scared that Newcastle is too big, be thankful that he has fortified, and we believe that levels it out, that Mm -hmm. you are um, more in line with smaller legends. I've also seen a lot of content creators do the hitbox cover of Newcastle. And I've seen multiple people that I very much trust in this space say best hitbox yet that has come into the game just in terms of being so well refined. Like you're not going to take damage if his gear gets shot and he doesn't have any big spots where it's just like, oh, the side of his hip is way too many pixels larger than it should be, which is something I'm really happy was nailed for bringing a fortified legend into the game. For sure. An accurate hitbox to the character model. Something that we love to see. We love it. And that's sad that that's not a norm, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about Ash. Um, (laughs) Tactical. The mobile shield. You throw a drone, projects a movable energy shield. Uh, So obviously you throw down this drone, project that large shield. It's got a little curvature function to it on the sides and the top. One thing I'm going to say right now, and maybe if you want to just even hop in right now and say something is, you can attach things to the shield, caustic gas, heat shields, Gibby bubbles even. I wasn't really planning on talking about it today because I think some of that's going to get patched personally. And I also think it's so hard to stay relevant in terms of timing the two cooldowns to actually be effective in any way, shape, or form with a toss in real time. But that interaction is there between uh, legend abilities. The interaction that I think won't be removed that is probably the most applicable for this ability is sticking an arc star on the other side of the yeah. shield and forcing that into a building 
uh, mm-hmm. at your discretion. I think that's a pretty cool breach uh, component of this tactical and it's something to think about as a team, mm-hmm. but also as an individual being able to do that in real time. Totally. That's that's a really good one for sure. Uh, but so going into the ability a little bit, you got maximum throw distance of 25 meters. It will then you know travel to the reticle of wherever you point there from there on out. Uh, if you actually hit the enemy with it, it does do 20 damage, which I think is kind of funny because the like rifle needle that Maggie shoots does less than that. Not saying that's right or wrong, but I love it. Just uh, a fact. It's just a fact. The mobile shield's movement speed is equivalent to crouch speed with weapons out. Uh, it's kind of a notable thing in terms of how you'll move with the shield. Uh, and you can press the tactical button again, obviously, to target a new location for it to float to uh, without changing the shield's orientation. You can change the shield's orientation. We'll get into it. It's a little, it's a little hard there, though. Uh, the shield consists of an upper half and lower half, uh, 350 health each, and they will be destroyed separately. Newcastle and his squad mates can actually not damage a friendly shield, though, nor shoot through it. It's not this amped thing like Rampart. Talk to me about the 350 health, though, before I dive into some of the tips. How do you feel like that measures and stacks up to fighting, generally speaking, and just balancing for him as his abilities? I think it's pretty good, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think unless you're going up against a Sheila, you got protection. Um, Nobody's got protection on Sheila. Yeah, I mean, Sheila will melt through this tactical in two seconds, so Mm -hmm. you're not going to be safe and you're probably going to die. But any other kind of fire, you will have time to heal up, reload, get behind uh, more permanent cover. What I love about it is the the size of each half. I really like that the top half is about 60-70% of the total shield size. That can be destroyed, and then that leaves a the lower half which you can crouch behind. So I think it's really awesome to react to different changes. If the top mm-hmm. gets destroyed, you can slide under it to attack pretty safely. If the bottom uh, or if the bottom gets destroyed, you can slide under it. If the top gets destroyed, you can still crouch behind it. So mm-hmm. you're looking at a total of 700 hit points that you can deploy and use while moving. It's mm-hmm. incredibly powerful. And I think the application of mastering this ability is where you're going to get the most power out of newcastle yeah this is going to be the the skill gap ability essentially now let's talk about some of the skill uh because it's not intuitive if i'm being completely honest in terms of how you maneuver and manipulate the shield so obviously as we said you can press your tactical button your interact button to move the shield and rotate it. But how does that actually work in practice is very hard. The rotation specifically. Um, so we're going to try to explain it. I'm going to be honest with you though. I think visually it'll make a lot more sense than hearing it through podcasts. This is one of the times I wish we had a video uh, once again, Henry. But we'll try and go into it. If people got questions, feel free to ask in the Discord. So to control the tactical, you look at your shield and you draw an imaginary line from curved end to curved end. So if you deploy it in front of you, the shield curves towards you, the end of each of those curves connect an imaginary line straight across, and then you have like a half circle, essentially, in theory. If you press to move the shield in front of that line, the shield will rotate. And then if you press closer before that line, it will not rotate and will just move. So. 
essentially what I'm saying by that is you got to just have this imaginary line in your head as how I'm going to work on rotations. And that's for rotations, maybe like slight left, slight right. And then to do a large rotation, if you're like, hey, I need to absolutely spin this thing behind me because someone's like going to come up behind me right now, you need to cross that imaginary line, essentially get inside of the shield and then turn around to press behind you. Otherwise, if you just turn and press, it's just going to slowly drift back towards you. Um, I'm using my hands to showcase right now over video with Henry, so I know he's going to be locked in, but I apologize to the audience out here that's uh, struggling to get that. It's kind of a tough thing to explain right now. Anything you can build off of that to try and make it make more sense? (laughs) I think that that was well said and that it takes some practice. But just being in the firing range, I think you can pick up the skill of manipulating the shield and this movement mm-hmm. pretty quickly. The issue arises when you add a lot of variables and totally. there's gas and explosives. And people are shooting at you and you have to reload and a teammate's down, you know, making sure that you're deploying the shield quickly enough and then mm-hmm. rotating it to exactly where it needs to be still makes it hard. Having that knowledge up front and the confidence goes a long, long way. Yeah. Like you said, though, tons of variables makes this ability harder to use. And so to maximize it, utilizing it in one-on-one combat is going to be awesome. I mean, this is a great tool for if you run inside and you see somebody there, you throw this down. You have now this shield that you can move towards you, move away from you to push aggressively. We love artificial cover in Apex Legends, and this is movable artificial cover that if you can get into an isolated fight, if you can get into a smaller contained area, you're going to be able to use it quite effectively. Um, Also, use it with the passive, as I kind of mentioned earlier on, to pull off those revives. If you're in the open and there's not a lot you can do to kind of get to cover, at least throwing this down, like Henry said, 750 uh, 700 total health, 350 on the bottom, 350 on the top, that's going to be a nice little boost in terms of that plus your knockdown shield to be able to pull off a revive and hopefully get your teammate out of there. Maybe if they're mobile, it helps out a little bit more. Like I mentioned, indoor pushing fights, very nice bonus. Um, If they put bullets into the shield, this is kind of like my line of thinking for how I go about attacking with this is, so if I'm going at somebody and they shoot at the shield, I'm peeking and then I'm shooting. It comes back to this philosophy of, can you get the enemy to unload bullets not hitting you? in some way, shape, or form. Because if now you peek and they decide to take the fight with you, you have such a mag size advantage on them that you otherwise wouldn't have. You know, Henry loves by the numbers and getting into the uh, weapon breakdowns. Man, you take out a third of a mag and all of a sudden the accuracy requirement for somebody to kill you is going through the roof, which is going to give you yeah. a massive advantage going into a fight. So if you can get inside with this ability and use it to push on people, I remember our very first game, you had like a crazy push with it in a cave that was just like, oh, like this is such a one-off situation. There's not a lot of areas of the map that are perfectly sized for the tactical, but holy heck, if you just use it to advance on someone that's behind cover, you can do some really, really dominant stuff with this ability. Yeah, I mean, that use case of you're in a tunnel almost or mm-hmm. in a close quarter situation, you can deploy this shield and then move towards an enemy. If they shoot at the shield, they're dead. Mm-hmm. If they don't do anything, they're dead because you control the entire situation and they can't hurt you. Yep. The only counters to that being a thermite 
or Costex Ultimate. You know, mm-hmm. like in that situation, it's very, very difficult to stop a Newcastle and their team yeah. from, from really wrecking your life. Um, and, and, and if you're a pro, the shield can block caustic gas. So if you pull it close to you and back away, as long as this thing doesn't go down, like the ult doesn't go down behind you or disperse yeah. on top of you, you can use it. And that's more so with traps that you'll be able to kind of avoid things. So even then, there is a little bit of a workaround. Um, but you're hearing us talk about this thing indoors all the time. It's not as an aggressive of a tool outdoors. You can use it. I suggest you use it. There's no reason to not use it. It has a pretty forgiving cooldown, but don't look at it like a Gibraltar bubble in terms of being in the open, and now I'm going to be safe for a pretty good amount of period of time. We'll get the Newcastle Gibby breakdown here in a second. But the last tip I want to give is because of that forgiving cooldown, I like using this ability to do things like loot death boxes, especially for you know all the controller players out there that don't aren't able to move in their death box. Nice to throw this thing down, and you're gonna take a couple bullets, you know, that otherwise you, you know, would have gone straight to the health, and that's gonna be nice. Help you pull off an armor swap in the open potentially in a building. Uh, you can also use it on a replicator. You know, if someone's kind of peeking at you and you're like, I really want to grab a bat real quick while we're in the end game, just throw this ability down probably going to be able to get one crafting thing off that you otherwise would not have. And so, yeah, those are just some of the nice little use cases for the tactical ability, but truly mastering the movement of it is going to be everything in terms of how you can get the most out of Newcastle's kit in general, but with this ability specifically. But I kind of mentioned it, the Gibraltar comparison. The use case is pretty different in terms of in the open right now, which is, I think, how people wanted Newcastle to work, in theory, to compete with Gibraltar. But let's talk about those tactical comparisons because they are both artificial cover. Absolutely. So I think to first start with the strengths and the weaknesses. Um, Newcastle is mobile. Mm -hmm. And that gives you a lot of great options. The ability to move yourself and your team, reposition it, is amazing. The strengths of Gibraltar's are that it protects you 360 degrees and from the top. That means that you're protected from airstrikes. Yep. You're protected if you need to throw this to the side of you. If enemies are behind you, you can use it. The weakness on Gibraltar's dome shield is that bubble fights can get turned. You know, you don't have control. If you put down the bubble, you can get countered and people can mm-hmm. have better weapons in a bubble fight and take you out. With Newcastle, even though you can't have shotgun fights with it because you control the pacing of it and the positioning of it, you can more likely than not outperform an enemy up close. At least higher odds, I think, than what Gibraltar's don't. To take a look at the numbers, though, Newcastle's cooldown is 15 seconds. Gibraltar's is 30. So you have a huge discrepancy at how frequently you can use Newcastle's versus Gibraltar's. The duration is up to 20 seconds with Newcastle's unless it's destroyed, which could happen second one. Gibraltar's is going to last for only 12 seconds. So on paper, if the shield isn't getting destroyed, Newcastle can have double the amount of tacticals and they're going to last almost twice as long. So by the numbers, you're going to get more Newcastle tacticals, but also those numbers have to tell you something about Gibraltar's tactical Mm -hmm. that 
is probably more powerful just based off how it's balanced. Obviously, Gibraltar's bubble has unlimited health. You're completely protected for 12 seconds unless somebody mm-hmm. comes into the dome. Newcastle, not the case. You know, you have that combined 700 hit points, 350 on both the portions of it. That's an element to really consider. I think that Gibraltar's is easier to use, can be used in the open, which I think is where the strength of a legend like this lies. Um, but it's a lot of less forgiving in terms of mm-hmm. the cooldown and the duration. So Newcastle being able to use two in the same time gives you a little bit more flexibility, but I think it's harder to manipulate and maximize its strength. I mean, they're both challenging abilities. Like r- being really good with the bubble is a very important skill for Gibraltar and is a huge skill gap, which I think is really cool and the reason why both these legends are on the better side of their classes, uh, respectively, in terms of skill gap equals some power and apex for the most part. And that's a cool skill to see. But yeah, I think like you said, that cooldown is a strong measurement of which one you would rather have. Like if you could only have one of them during a fight, you would rather have the Gibraltar bubble. The Gibraltar bubble is the ultimate form of safety and apex for 12 seconds safe. Obviously someone predator comes in with a peacekeeper that changes things. But Generally speaking, ultimate form of safety. Otherwise, Newcastle, you're going to get melted by something like a Gibraltar bombardment. (laughs) Totally. And the only reason that we say, in general, most situations is most of the time you're going to be outdoors. Mm -hmm. Period. So you're going to rather have a Gibraltar in most situations. But Newcastle's is very strong and can be Mm -hmm. used at long range and then very effectively at close range. It's that middle range situation where Gibraltar just dominates in that very, very specific situation. Totally. Before we get right into the ultimate, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's dive into the ultimate. Castle wall. Uh, Leap to an ally target area and slam down, creating a fortified stronghold. You got a 120 second cooldown, two minutes. Essentially, how this ability works is you target an area, which Newcastle will then leap to. Upon landing, a large wall will be constructed facing the direction Newcastle is looking. You have a maximum leap range of 35 meters unless you are locked on to somebody. If you target a squad mate or a squad mate's death box, that extends the range to 75 meters. I know there's a bug in the game that lets you go 200 meters to death boxes right now. That's going to get patched out. It's going to be 75. That's kind of the end goal. Um, but one of the craziest things about this ability, and we'll talk about it potentially in tips, the vertical clearance seems to be freaking endless with the 75 meters, which was not something Henry and I were expecting uh, going into this kit. The dude has a legit jetpack on his back. He's going to be powerful when we talk about uh, the lore battles, uh, per se, in Apex Legends. Having a jetpack's a nice bonus. But the wall is made out of nine segments. Each has 750 health segment in the middle and then the two ends are the larger of the six and the newcastle can actually manually take down segments of the wall you know by pressing your interaction pressing down on the d-pad and eh, it's a nice little tool to offer some versatility if need be if you're in a sticky situation where it's like maybe the door that you want to leave out is blocked but generally speaking you're not going to be removing areas of the shield a lot. Um, the short segments, when destroyed by attacks, also bring down the other short segments near each other. So they are kind of linked in terms of overall health. An interesting note, each wall can be destroyed with two melee attacks. 
I thought that was kind of an interesting thing when we dove into it because that would not have been my guess for how walls work, but these these legends have some intense melees. The outward facing area of the wall is electrified for 30 seconds when deployed. You stun and deal 20 damage to enemies who attempt to climb over it in very Watson-esque style. Uh, and then the last kind of interaction thing is that if Newcastle uses the ultimate for some reason, he doesn't land, the ability is canceled, he doesn't make a wall, you restore 70% of your charge, essentially, for the ultimate. Any thoughts on that real quick before we dive into the tips? No, let's get right into it. Okay, so for tips, make sure you realize, because this is the first game this murdered Henry and I, you can turn and mid-leap you can orient the wall in a different direction. And that's major. Like, first game we played against Newcastle, someone was to our left, and then there was a Newcastle kind of directly in front of us. They leaped onto that enemy, and then all of a sudden there was a wall facing us. We had no idea what was happening. We were like, this is crazy at this point. And I say that because that's going to be very impactful to how you most often will use the ability is understanding, hey, I'm going to somebody's rescue. The enemies are either in front of them or just maybe based off of endgame or something, they're behind them. I need to realize where the shield needs to go because that stun is so major, especially when you're kind of trying to go to somebody in close quarters and make a savior move essentially at that point. So understanding that orientation and leap is going to be huge. Generally, they'll just support your teammates. That's Newcastle's entire kit, but this ultimate is that to a max. If you have someone on your team that's playing aggressively and they engage, I'm of the mind, do not hesitate to drop and jump on top of them and support them. Henry and I are big proponents of, you don't want to get knocked in Apex Legends. A knock is a major disadvantage. Newcastle, unlike anyone else, kind of lets you recover in some points from that. But I'd rather still jump on top with the ultimate, set up a huge wall, bring yourself to the fight as well, more than just the wall itself, bring another gun, and be able to, you know, hold off, keep your teammate alive. I also think, you know, fortifying your position is a great way to use this ability. Set up early. You can set a wall up early. I've seen people use it to just cover like one door specifically as well. You can make a 750 health door. You no longer need somebody to, you know, punch the door twice for it to uh, be destroyed, essentially, if you can time it so the door is up as well. And then you combo this with that passive massive res ability uh, if people are especially when you're in like multi-team fights and someone knocks and they're kind of focused on something else you can fly in there and save your teammate pretty pretty effectively uh, is the early sample size I'll say and then last note EMP does not destroy the wall as of now uh, we'll see how long maybe that stays if that continues to be a thing or not but overall you just got to be aggressive with the ult to get the most out of it. But the aggressiveness is very reliant on how aggressive your team is. You can only travel to your team very far distances. And so if you play with someone that's aggressive, you play with two people that's really aggressive, you can do some really cool stuff with his ults that other defensive legends kind of can't in terms of just bringing themselves in an aggressive manner to a fight. And it's instant, you know? It is. Like, mm-hmm. That's, I think, where a lot of the power is, whether it's an offensive move or you have a teammate who went up to a high ground position, takes some shots, you then are able to deploy a fortress on them in a quasi power position. That's instant protection mm-hmm. that offers a ton of hit points. 
that's unparalleled by mm-hmm. any other legend. Rampart can't do that kind of hit point protection immediately. And the fact that Newcastle can get there himself mm-hmm. and do it at that speed is very, very strong. There's no mm-hmm. debating that. Um, the downside being whenever you have a legend that can move great distances quickly, you don't want to abandon your team. So I like that's a risk. You know, mm-hmm. even if totally. you're just leaving one behind to go save another one, it's very tough because you're mm-hmm. taking a big risk. There's a lot of uncertainty. The hope is that you play smart and mm-hmm. you are able to have some intel. But I think that even if you take away that risk, and hopefully that doesn't happen every game because your team is separated, totally. just the ability to defend indoors, on top of roofs, mm-hmm. very strong. There, yeah. I'd probably rather have a Newcastle Ultimate prepared ahead of me if I'm defending a building, then I'd have Watson, fences, and ultimate, caustic Man. traps, rampart Ooh. walls. That's it a hot gives take you right a now. A lot of security. Yeah, I it think. does. It, you have so much physical protection mm-hmm. and people know you're there. And right now, people have a hard time fighting against it mm-hmm. because it's hard to climb over. You're doing some mm-hmm. crazy things. So it's a good ability. Like it, it's a good ability at the end of the day. Like you said, it has the electrification, it has that stun. So when you do jump on somebody, you're knocking the enemies back and you're setting a wall where it's like, you can't cross. You can come around on me if you want to. I'm going to know which direction you're coming from though, because you're not jumping over this on me. And if you are, you're a little more on the crazy side and probably going to die. And so yeah. there's so many little things that go into this ability that make it pretty impactful. Uh, I will say, I think it's obviously probably the, I don't think it's the hardest part of his kit. Like the, like we said, the tactical is the hardest part of his kit. That's where the skill ceiling probably comes in. But I think this is probably the most important part of his kit. Um, but overall, he's got a pretty well-rounded uh, just kit, generally speaking. There's a lot of synergy in terms of how things work together, which is really cool to see. Agreed. Let's talk about some of those team comps. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, whenever we do a Mastering of Legends, we're looking at team compositions that maximize the abilities of that individual. Not necessarily recommending this is the best team composition, mm-hmm. but if you want to master Newcastle, who are the best two other legends that are going to bring his abilities to their highest potential? First option being that vertical aggression. Valk coupled with Horizon or maybe Ash give you so much ability to set Newcastle up to do a really powerful ultimate. You get onto the high ground with Valk, perhaps, or Ash, or Horizon as an individual, then Newcastle launches the ultimate, and then that third can be right there behind because they have the vertical mobility. Huge. Very powerful team. You then have another option. Reactive safety sort of team composition. Valk Still going to be very critical in terms of being flexible. But then you pair Gibraltar and Newcastle together. What do we think about this, Jay? I mean, early, early on, we're having some success with it. But the reason I like these two together is because it allows you to adapt to any situation on the fly and be able to create an area of safety to pause breathe and think, um, which is not something you get to do in a battle royale in a chaotic environment very well. And 
because of how we've been playing recently, where it's like you don't feel incredibly reliant on the beacon. And I say this with the beacon in mind, still with Valk, so you do get to work around that. But normally we can't run kind of two of these legends because we're like, we need someone recon regardless, essentially. But because we're not feeling that way right now, these two synergize very well in just being able to adapt to any situation. We've had multiple plays recently where it's like, hey, you have a little pause when you activate the Newcastle Ultimate and stuff. And you know your teammate might not always, not always be safe if you're trying to jump on top of them. But if you throw a Gibby Bubble down and then you Newcastle ult in there, you've all of a sudden set up just this incredible defensive position that can truly dominate end games, which are becoming very hard and more important as we get into this rank system where top 10s are so valuable and teams are trying to stay alive as long as possible. This is a lot of defense is going to keep people away from you. That works in any situation, unlike a Watson or a Caustic, where it's like you kind of need to be reliant on the building. These guys can operate in the open and really create yeah. something out of nothing. And I think that's not up for debate. Both of them do it great. Mm-hmm. Why have both, though? Why do you need, you know, if the use case is, oh, if we're taking fire in the open, we're going to ploy Newcastle's tactical. Yeah. In the same situation, you're going to do mm-hmm. uh, Gibraltar's tactical. The reason that we think right now you can get away with both is it's just more insurance. It's going to mm-hmm. be easier. If you double up on those abilities, you're going to have more time, you're going to have more protection, and blocking bullets, saving heals, saving time, making mm-hmm. sure that you're taking less damage than you're dealing out is how you win games. And so if you can double yeah. down on one thing, this is a good thing to double down on. And while it is a double down, they serve different purposes as well. Like we kind of mentioned, Newcastle's tactical and ultimate can't cover you from aerial attacks and such, which there's a lot of in games nowadays. And so being able to say, Hey, Gibraltar, what's your weakness? Well, my weakness is that my defense is temporary. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's offset that with Newcastle. Newcastle, what's your weakness? Well, my weakness is that I don't have any vertical clearance and nothing I do is 360. There's always going to be some sort of vulnerability. Well, let me help you. I'll give us that vertical or that, um, you know, above uh, defense and the 360 for a temporary amount of time. And we both still have this flexibility and that we're not these pure defensive legends, we can still be flexible and being aggressive with Newcastle, getting onto a teammate, being aggressive with the bombardment, being aggressive with the shields indoors, arm shield or tactical shield. And then obviously having now two ways to recover a res if need be, essentially. We talk all the time uh, and pros talk all the time about, hey, sometimes on certain maps you can run caustic and watson together like we say that's awesome go all in on defense and that's why we're saying double down on reactivity defense right now because like you said it's probably the best thing in the game why not have more of it and fulfill it for any need possible going into the game when we roll in with valk gibby newcastle i feel really good about the fact that we're going to be able to adapt to any situation a battle royale throws at us which you can never predict (laughs) and that's the bottom line other options for team comps, especially just very likely team compositions that really complement Newcastle's abilities, a more balanced team could be Bloodhound and Wraith. These are very, very popular legends. If you're solo queuing Newcastle, these three abilities or these three legends work really good together. That you can identify opportunities, 
portal in, be safe enough to deploy Newcastle's ultimate and tactical, really strong group. The other thing that I'll say as kind of an honorable mention is right now, Rampart is so, so powerful. She's so fun to play. If you haven't unlocked her yet, please unlock her. She is so, so fun. And Sheila has the highest DPS in the game and is the easiest to use than ever before. So pick her up if you haven't. But the combination between Rampart's ultimate and Newcastle's ultimate, coupled with each of their tacticals, is very strong. Totally. You are kind of doubling yourself down again in defense, but Newcastle's ability to be defensive and mobile, coupled with Rampart's ability to be defensive and aggressive, really, really strong. That you mm-hmm. can amp, you can have a minigun, plus the most stable defensive structure in the game, being Newcastle's ultimate, mm-hmm. and just his ability to be flexible with his passive and his tactical. Totally. I think that's very well said. I think these are all solid team comps. Talk to me about weapons. What's your kind of perspective right now on the loadout for Newcastle? Yeah, you know, whenever we master a legend, this is kind of the part where you have to take it with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. it depends on what your team is, depends on the map. Totally. For the most part, a legend like Newcastle, a defensive fortified legend, LMGs are a really safe bet because they can maximize their close range strength to unload an entire large magazine precisely while aiming down sights. Newcastle, in general, is a close-range legend, I would say. Right-by-your-side defense. That means shotguns, SMGs, even ARs, definitely the wingman, are going to be great options for him as well to revive up close, close the gap with his tactical shield, and then send it right on enemies with the ultimate. So keep it in mind that you will be in a lot of situations up close with Newcastle if you are maximizing his abilities. Key. Yeah, 100%. I think that's very well said. And like you said, versatility, as always with the legends uh, and loadouts nowadays, keep it in mind. It's going to change by map. It's going to change by uh, teammates. And it's going to just change to whatever you find in terms of looking for loot. So... I always like talking about it because it's nice to know like, hey, yeah, if I can get the nice up close gun for Newcastle, that's great, but it's not always going to be a guarantee. Totally. You've played more arenas than I have. Yeah, Do you want to yeah. talk about arenas with the Newcastle? Yeah, so can Newcastle be viable in arenas or ranked arenas? A little bit of the breakdown is that you're going to get one charge on the tactical every round. Getting an additional is going to cost 200 just stop right there. That's a really great price. That's in line with similar tactical abilities in arenas. I think that's a fair price. The ultimate is where I think you're getting a ton of value. It's 300, which is on the low, low end for ultimates. But more importantly, there is no penalty to getting this every single round. You can go round to round to round and buy this every single time. That gives Newcastle a lot of great options. To kind of cut to the chase, though, Newcastle, in my opinion, is a highly technical legend. His close quarters abilities are great with the tactical, mobile shield for sure, but it can be countered, and it leaves his flanks exposed. I think that even though he's priced, his abilities are priced at a pretty great uh, rate, Mm -hmm. and his abilities do fit a nice, clean 3v3 environment, being a you know, support a defensive legend, it becomes difficult to really maximize it because 
if you are focusing on reviving by putting a shield on somebody's head, by using his passive, you're not putting pressure on the other team. You Mm -hmm. are staying on the back foot. Lifeline approaches the same situation in a completely different space. She is able to initiate a revive, but also distract, defend, put bullets into the other team while doing the auto revive with the Doc Drone. I still think that in a straight up 3v3, popping a res is going to be way better with Lifeline than Newcastle. I think that's I think that's very possible. I, I won't speak to it too hard because I haven't played him enough, honestly, in arenas yet uh, to speak to it with any personal experience. But hey, you're the co-host. I trust you. I'll let you make those calls all day long. <laughs> Newcastle's strong. Uh, yeah, and definitely in the BR, an incredible medic that I think outshines Lifeline. But Arenas is such a unique situation because the pressure is on. People aren't super spread out. And just because you can move somebody away and revive at the same time with the shield doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be better than if you can pop an auto res and put mm-hmm. bullets into the other person. I think that in an arena, Lifeline could be the better medic. Overall, though, Newcastle, very, very cool addition to the game and pretty strong overall. And he does something unique with being defensive, but having some versatility in his kit and being reactive and being offensive, which is where some of the power of Gibraltar kind of comes into play, which is why I think you'll see those two get talked about, even though you might hear Henry and I potentially tooting the play them together horn for a little bit. Basic questions, though. Is he worth the unlock? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. It's going to be a personal choice for mm-hmm. sure. Um, you know, you're going to save up your legend tokens and make that unlock in most situations. Um, it's a unique play style. If mm-hmm. you have not been a fan of Gibraltar, if you haven't been a fan of maybe Lifeline or even Rampart, Probably not. I don't mm-hmm. think that he offers enough to change that playstyle so drastically that you're going to have a unique experience. But if you are interested in those kits, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. unlock Newcastle. He is a fun legend to play and has really cool interactions. Even though the playstyle isn't drastically unique, the strengths and weaknesses definitely are. So you're able to come at it from a new perspective. If you're a medic, player in video games you know it kind of already and you should definitely get them uh, if if you want to fill into that class if you want to try something new get them but if you're looking for someone that's gonna be offensive because he has this one ability you're gonna be better off sticking to your octane all that kind of fun stuff essentially so yeah he could be worth an unlock though it's just there's a lot to choose from nowadays the other reason it's a hard to say that he's an unlock is one thing we like to talk about is is the legend difficult to play? Are they easy? You know, are they medium or are they hard in terms of that scale? And I think we're both on the same page of saying that he's on the more difficult side to play. Any kit who relies on coming into awkward situations to quote unquote save the day, whether it be a revive or cover, means there's a lot of pressure on you to perform effectively. And that's going to lead to a really hard legend. And the fact that there's still this really tough skill ceiling on the tactical as well also builds into this not simple. And similar to Gibraltar in terms of being a defensive legend that's hard to play, the nice thing about that, there's a skill ceiling there that allows for some power to come into play. 
with that difficulty. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the next question being, is Newcastle the most effective defensive legend? Another way to ask that is, is he meta? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tough one because defensive legends are kind of all over the place now. We used to have Gibraltar as an outlier. Now Gibraltar has a buddy. Can Newcastle defend a building if it has six to eight entrances? No. So mm-hmm. not going to be the most effective not a cost in that Watson. defensive situation. No. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to answer that question fairly. Um, overall, I don't think I can say Newcastle is going to reign supreme on top of mm-hmm. this class, on top of Rampart, Watson, Caustic, Gibraltar. Um, but he is a fun option. I can yeah. say that with certainty. I think the thing that's special about him is I think he's the most effective support legend in the game. Yeah. And he's in the yeah. defensive category. And so you get to, you know, pull those two together and you have somebody that there's a reason to play them, essentially. And that's kind of what you're looking for in a legend and what we're looking for in a new legend coming to the game uh to stay relevant. So I'm excited to see what the future holds for him. But going up against Gibraltar, if you have to pick between the two, is no easy task. And Gibraltar is just a absolutely mammoth of a character in terms of just what he offers to the game. So Definitely hard, but doing a better job than I thought he would in terms of competing. (laughs) Totally. I very much agree. Okay. I guess the last question. Relevant for ranked. Do you think he's going to stay there? We'll get through it quick. Yeah. I'm willing to bet no. I I don't really think we're going to see Newcastle be dominant in the end games and dominant in the middle games. Um, You know, I don't think he's going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, it is possible, but considering that this play style just isn't popular to begin with, I don't think you're going to see Newcastle's next season in mm-hmm. ranked being super relevant. And I also think it'll take so long for top-level players to adopt a new legend like Newcastle that maybe we could see Newcastle come up in the ALGS on one, two, maybe three teams in mm-hmm. a year's time. You know, I, I can't overcommit based off of what we've seen in the past. He's going to be an interesting one to monitor because I think he could have a Valk path potentially down the line of a map coming into play that affects them. And why I say that? Because he's going to be a lot more relevant on Stormpoint, on Olympus, where cover is more sparse than on World's Edge or King's Canyon. And so he could be in part reliant on that part of the game as well that's gonna wrap up the episode though thank you so much to our producer of the third party 10 is sports over on patreon hit the plus on apple follow us and follow us over on spotify as well the apple follow terminology is my least favorite thing as of now make sure you check out the discord via the link in the description and thanks so much for listening to the third party podcast we'll catch you next time peace hey now another squad coming in boom whole squad down Maybe tomorrow.